What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Starting 502, we are back. The Prez, Presley Meyer is here. And there is a ton of Louisville basketball news circulating around. Some good, some not so good. We're going to touch on it all. But first, I'd like to reflect on our last episode that we did. We were really excited about our TBT basketball team. We did almost a whole episode on it. And that is the tournament. So excited to watch our ex-Cardinal heroes all gather together and play against teams that they probably could have beaten. The TBT did not select our team, the three-time champs. Don't think we'll use that name if we try to move forward. For whatever reason, they said there wasn't enough name-brand players on it. I've looked at rosters. I've been pretty salty about this. I've responded to a lot of tweets saying, boycott the TBT. I, on that episode, said, hey, uh, I would like to encourage everyone to watch the TBT, to tweet about it. It's going to be big. We could be a host. We could be a host site. I mean, I, I listened to it back a little bit today, and it, it like made my skin crawl. I, I think nobody should watch the TBT. I think not only that, just give it, it terrible ratings in Louisville, and uh, I kind of don't want to be a part of it anymore. But anyway, Presley, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's been way too long. Uh, I think there's been so much that's transpired. It's going to be hard to fit every topic in, into just one podcast, but uh, we're going to give give it our best shot. But no, the TBT team, I mean, it is, like you said, it's a little cringeworthy to look back on because we were totally sold. Even if, you know, I, I think that we had, that fans had more grandiose dreams of perhaps some of the players they could persuade to be on the team. They obviously had good reasons to not participate in the TBT tournament. Um, but ultimately, it still seemed like they had a roster that was good enough that could compete, that could get out of the first kind of the first round get out of their region whatever the what however you want to explain it um but yeah i mean you can't tell me that there's what 64 teams in this tournament and that there's that this three times champs team isn't at least in the top 64 makes zero sense to me there's a there's a uh um team of players that used to be like tcu and marshall and Wichita State, and I mean, those are respectable programs, but they're it's not Louisville, and they definitely weren't fielding teams like the one that Louisville fielded, 
or the teams that that uh, the TBT is boasting about, like the sideline cancer team, which is great, um, or you know the Ohio State team or uh, the Marquette team. Some of these teams that have had success in the past, um, I don't think their rosters are that much better than what Louisville had put together. Uh, then the excuse, uh, I guess the TBT never really came out and said why or why not, but the excuse apparently that they gave. Keith Otto, who is the coach and, and, and who put put all of this together, uh, the, basically they told him that there weren't enough quote unquote name brand players, and they wanted the the Peyton Siva or the Russ Smith or the Terrence Williams or one of these players that everybody in the country would would one hundred percent know to be the first the first kind of team to put a to represent Louisville. Number one, who cares? Like, I mean, people are tuning in to watch. Like I said, the Marquette, a basketball team, they don't have, I mean, Dwayne Wade's a bad example, but they don't have Jay Crowder or, or whoever, you know, the, the, the big name player that, that would have come from Marquette would be, it, it, I don't know. It seems like, it seems like there's something that's missing. I think that that's kind of my takeaway is that there's something we're missing here. Either there was something missing on, on Keith's end that, you know, that was not explained well enough, which I don't understand how that would be the case. Because you know he had he had Luke Hancock in on it. Uh, he had a couple of, of pretty you know recognizable names that signed up to be on the team that had a lot of a professional experience. I don't know, man. I, it, it seems like there's there's something there's a loose end that nobody has been able to figure out why exactly that happened. Um, and you can get into to semantics and such, but I don't know, man. It, it, there, I, there has to be something that we don't know. Am I wrong about that? No, I totally agree. Something doesn't add up because you're looking at some of these schools. There were a couple, I think there's 30 something alumni teams in the tournament this year. And like the sideline cancers and the overseas elites of the world, it makes sense that they're in there. They've been like a staple for TBT since they started, but like Marshall is a university that like they've leaned on because of Elmore and Elmore's brother. And, and like everybody can't wait to watch Marshall every year. And it, same thing with like Akron and things like that. L- Louisville didn't have maybe the, any of the top 10 name brand Louisville players on it. That's fair to say. But when you look at the roster and the fact that Keith had announced after they didn't make it, that they were going to announce, I believe it was Preston Knowles at the, at the very end of the process you would have had a team, uh, a starting lineup, at least for Louisville, of Chris Jones, Preston Knowles, Wayne Blackshear, uh, Shane Bahannon, and Samardo Samuels. And all those players either went to the Elite Eight or further, or your guy, you got Preston Knowles. I can't remember whether he went to the Elite Eight or not, but he's one of the most prolific scorers to ever touch the Yum Center floor. So it, it doesn't make sense at all. Something's missing. And it, Louisville's the biggest basketball viewership market that exists. And TBT just really missed here. And, and that's what it comes down to. And I, there is no excuse they could have given Keith Otto that would have been a reasonable one when you look at the rest of their field. Like you could pick and choose every university that's in there, even the big ones like Marquette. You could be like, well, where's Dominic James? Sorry, Dominic James, number one, the little guy with the sleeve. He's not playing tough. You guys aren't going to be in our tournament. We're going to go get a sweet Northern Kentucky all-star team to just to replace you until you figure it out, until you get Dominic James, until Jay Crowder retires, until Dwayne Wade stops doing sideline interviews and he suits up for you. It's ridiculous. So I don't want to discuss it anymore, but hashtag boycott TBT, let it rain. Nobody should watch that tournament. 
uh, in actual Louisville basketball news, Louisville has found itself in the Final Four. Not the Final Four that we all want in March, but a Final Four for one of the best players in the transfer portal, and that is Marcus Carr, a swing guard from Minnesota, somebody who averaged 19 points a game last year, 4.9 assists and 4 rebounds, first team all Big Ten. I would go as far to say that Marcus Carr steps onto the Yum Center floor. He is a UofL basketball player. He's probably the best player on our team. This is a really big deal. We're in a battle between Texas, Kentucky, and Kansas. A lot of people are saying that Kentucky and Kansas are, are kind of out of it and it's between us and Texas, what's the update on the Marcus Carr sweepstakes? Well, if somebody's tuning in, by the time they hear this, it could be completely different than what we know right now. Uh, but as of what we know right now, as uh, according to uh, especially Travis Branham is the guy uh, from 247 Sports that's kind of been in the know, it's been in on it. Uh, apparently, uh, what has happened is that Marcus Carr couldn't take an official visit to Texas. Uh, he was actually in Austin yesterday. I'm not sure if he stayed overnight. I'm not sure exactly what the situation was. Uh, but Carr was at Texas. There's actually a picture that surfaced uh, that he was with the team, that he was with the coaching staff. Um, there's a whole other controversy about whether or not that's even legal for Texas. Um, and, and there's a lot of weird recruiting scenarios, and we'll, we'll probably get into silly NCAA stuff later on today. Um, but there is like a weird recruiting rule where if there's a dead period, um, if, if it's Chris Beard that's trying to talk to Marcus Carr, he can talk to Marcus Carr on FaceTime if he's standing right outside the gym, but Marcus Carr can't walk into the gym and watch practice and talk to talk to Chris Beard in person, quote unquote. So Marcus Carr could quote unquote unofficially visit and come to campus, but Technically, he's not supposed to see them face to face. So there was a lot of weird stuff going on uh, surrounding that. It sounded like Louisville is going to end up getting um, getting Marcus Carr on campus maybe sometime next week. Uh, I heard Tuesday was the latest that I heard as of 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this and something changes, but it sounds like maybe next Tuesday. So what Louisville can do is they can take their coaching staff off the road uh, bring them in and have an official visit for Marcus Carr so that they can legally uh, host him. And I, I think that's it sounds like that's something that the staff wants to do. Um, depending on who you talk to, if you talk, if you hear from the Travis Branham camp, the guy who's the 247 Sports Insider, um, the way that he is has explained things going on, it sounds like it's been a little bit disappointing for Texas. That doesn't mean that he didn't enjoy his visit or anything like that, but it sounds like he, he has felt that Louisville has a better and better chance as, as things progress. Um, if you listen to, I heard Jeff Greer earlier this morning on the radio, he says that to his knowledge, to people that he's talked to, it feels like it's 90% chance that he goes to Texas, 10% to Louisville. Uh, but like you said, Marcus Carr is a player. Uh, when you sit down and you try to, to write up um, what a player is all about, when I'm writing a, a scouting report, um, or a, you know, just get basically breaking down a recruit's game. There's always one or two things that I can point to that that recruit is really good at. When you look at Marcus Carr, he's a guy that's played three years in college, and he has done so uh, at, at the highest level in, in what has been the best conference over the last two years in the Big Ten. And he's done so with without a great supporting cast. Um, 
if you look at his numbers and his intangibles, uh, Marcus Carr was actually at the same G League elite camp uh, that that uh, Carly Jones was at. Uh, and they basically, essentially, they measured out about the same. Marcus Carr is about an inch, uh, an inch taller than Carly Jones, has like an inch uh, less wingspan and standing reach. Uh, and he's a little bit more explosive than Carly Jones. And he put up very, very similar numbers to what Carly Jones did last season. Not to compare their games, because I think they're they're significantly different uh, when they actually get out there on the court. But when you talk about his intangibles, uh, he would be a really, really good replacement for him. And like you said, he's probably, if not the best, one of the two best players on the team right away if he ends up signing with Louisville. So ultimately, what it's going to boil, boil down to is it can Louisville get Marcus Carr on campus? If they can, I think that it, it, it's they have a really good shot of landing him. If they can't, they're probably not going to. And that, that sounds super obvious, but, I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. And it also is going to boil down to what Marcus Carr sees as an opportunity. Is he wanting to stay come back to college and, like, really be a shoe-in to go to the national championship game but only play 20 to 30, 30 minutes a game? Texas is your place. If he wants to come back and he wants to lead a team – and he wants to show that what he can do uh, heading to the NBA and play as many minutes as he wants, then Louisville is your place. Um, so, you know, it, it's it, that's I, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. Everybody's talking about, you know, is, is Ross McMain the deciding factor? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but to, to me, the that's that's he, it's what's the best fit. And, and, and will he ultimately visit Louisville or is Texas the option for, for Carr? Yeah, and when you look at the four options that he has, uh, Kansas is in there, but they took a hit when Remy Martin pulled out of the draft. That's the Arizona State transfer, one of the best players in the Pac-12 from last year. He's going to be Kansas's point guard. And then UK, I- I've talked to a lot of my UK friends, and they're really excited about what they're going to have next year. They they said Cal has guys coming in that he knows he can pull that he knows can play, and I believe him. Kentucky hasn't been bad for very many years since Coach Calipari stepped on the campus. So I think that Kentucky, I'm hearing that they have like eight or nine guys again that could all start a bunch of different places. I believe these people. So when you look at Louisville and Texas as the two final landing spots, Texas had one of the best backcourts in the country last year. Both those guys are returning. That is Andrew Jones, the leukemia survivor, number one, their point guard, and Courtney Ramey who I believe was uh, rumored to go to Louisville way back in the day. But he's also fantastic. Texas is going to have a really good backcourt, but they do have availability. Like Marcus Carr would play at Texas. He would play big minutes. So they're not exactly in the same camp as Kansas and Kentucky are. But for Louisville, he's coming in. He's a guy who actually played his first year at Pittsburgh. And I believe he even averaged 10 points a game there. And then you have 15 points a game and 19 points a game. So this guy coming in completely raw out of high school, still averaged double digits in the ACC. This guy's really, really, really good. And the Carly Jones comparison is a fair one. But Carly Jones came from Radford. Not to say that Carly Jones isn't awesome because he he was. He was the only reason we won several of our games last year that maybe we don't win if Carly Jones isn't out there. But Marcus Carr is a proven scorer. In Minnesota last year, they weren't very good, but he hits a buzzer beater on the road to beat Ohio State at Ohio State in Columbus. Spectacular clip. And then 
they win at home against Michigan, who's a few bounces away from being in the Final Four. They beat Michigan by like 20 points in Minnesota. Like they, they had some moments under Richard Pitino where you thought, wow, this Minnesota team's good. And then they kind of did what they always did under Richard Pitino, which is not end up being good. He's coaching out in New Mexico now. Best of luck to him. But Marcus Carr, we need him on this team. I, I love that we're even in the mix to get a guy like this. And we knew that things like this would happen as players started to not go to the NBA draft and decide they were going to return back to college. So I just like that Louisville has a chance at this guy. I just feel like we're the best fit, and I hope that he somehow sees it that way. But like you said, we just have to get him on campus. Louisville, is uh, it, the facilities are spectacular, and the Yum Center is is probably the, arguably the best arena in college basketball. So uh, we'll see. We need him, though, if we're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking at, at a school that you want to recruit or get, recruit against, I know that Texas has some Nike connections. I know that they've brought in a really solid coaching staff. Um, but but facilities-wise, what you can provide to a guy who's trying to go to the league, uh, Louisville second to none as it is. And when you're comparing them to Texas, now if it was Kansas, yeah, I could see that. Kentucky, could definitely see that. Duke, some of these places have older venues, but they have really, really nice training facilities, great academic institutions and such. Not to say Texas isn't, but you look at just some some of the video or some of the pictures and videos that they're posting just with with car visiting, like it's it's night and day the difference. Just like Louisville football compared to Texas football would be, it's you know if you get on the Texas message boards, which I'm one of those crazy people who does because I'm just you know I'm watching who's following Marcus Carr, I'm watching what what his interactions are in social media, so on and so forth. Uh, so I, I'm one of those crazy guys. When you get on the Texas message board. For right now, for every one thread that there is for Marcus Carr, there's 25 just today of them talking about their backup punter. Like they're a football, <laughs> they're a football school, and that's that's literally not an exaggeration. Like so, so when he, if they can just get him on campus, if he is able to see um, kind of what Louisville has to offer, I think that he'll realize what the difference is between Texas and Louisville. Not a shot at Texas. It's just. It's just a little bit different in Kentucky uh, than it would be in Austin. Yeah, and you know, it's tough to take shots at Texas. They have their own entire network, the Longhorn Network, which I, I don't know if anybody has that channel, but I sure don't. And I've needed it at random points in my life, and I cannot access that bad boy. Not even sure it's actually a real thing. But we'll see if we can get Marcus Carr. I'm really excited. Other thing going on in the college basketball world, in the college athletics world, is the NIL. It's something I'm sure you've seen all over Twitter, all over ESPN, when it actually became official a few weeks ago. That stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. And rule changes have now allowed college athletes at every level to monetize their success with use of their name, image, and likeness. Everybody remember when you were playing college football video games and college basketball video games where you were like, man, that QB number five on college football 2014 for the cards. He is tough. That was actually Teddy Bridgewater. So I would assume now if that game comes back, the names can actually be on there. I'm not sure how that works. It's even more reason so to bring back the video games. But we've seen Louisville 
utilize this a lot. And I think a lot of universities weren't exactly ready for the rocket ships takeoff when it started. Uh, I, I saw some schools not talking about it at all and some having a, a ton of posts and the schools can actually post about it themselves. So you see it a lot more in Louisville, but like for LSU, it, for example, I, I follow a lot of their players and I, I just saw way less from LSU. I'm seeing it more now, but during that first week than I did from university of Louisville athletes. I mean, you can buy like, an hour with Malik Cunningham. I, I don't know if he like can do whatever for you. I don't know if you can like choose what he does, but it's like two hundred seventy for an hour. That's a pretty great hourly rate in any in any profession. And then you saw Samuel uh, Samuel Williamson. He's already signing deals with different places. This thing is kind of taken off, and I, I do think that Louisville's done a pretty good job with it so far. But it, it's so tough to really understand because it's like how much can the university actually be involved with these things? Is, is this strictly on the player? Can they advise them at all? What's legal? What's not illegal? It, it's all very confusing. Yeah, and. Even as I listen on my drive into work or read what people are posting on social media and stuff, there's just a general lack of understanding, which is understandable. There's just a general lack of understanding about what name, image, and likeness is about. And if I hear one more person say the word billboard, I'm sure there will be players on a billboard at some point. Sorry, my dog's coughing here. I'm sure there will be players on a billboard. I'm sure there will be some guy on a car commercial. I don't know. Maybe that's a good opportunity for Marcus Carr. I don't know. Just thinking Back. down the road here, you know, Tony Melito, shout out Tony Melito. Uh, but no, I don't think that's what it's going to be. The reason that name, image, and likeness came about is because of the age of social media. These kids are on social media. They have a platform. They have a following. Whereas you or I say, say you will have an excellent podcast and you are able and you're in college and you're able to, to uh, run ads on your podcast and you're able to create, put your podcast on a YouTube channel and you can do Google ad revenue uh, from a YouTube channel. Somebody in the NCAA can't do that just because, like, say you're Will Reddington, you know, popular baseball player. I, you can't make money off yourself because it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And when you, when you sign as an NCAA player, one of the things that you sign away is your ability uh, to, to make money off of yourself. The NCAA essentially owns you in, in that sense. And they have been saying for over 100 years that we're going to give you a scholarship. We're going to pay for your room and board, which, which granted, trust me, I get it. It's nice when they go to school, they lay that stuff out for them. Um, you know, they show them, look, look you, we're, we're going to pay $250,000, $300,000 for you to have the best doctors and medics and, and trainers and coaches and facilities. Like I get all that. But at the same time, like Samuel Williamson can't go to Burger Boy and the guy behind him jump in line and try to pay for his burger. Like it's that that sort of little stuff that that teams keep getting caught up with, and it's just silly. It's just dumb that you can't that you are making all this money. You know, Louisville generates a million dollars per basketball game. It's silly that that Louisville can make a million dollars in profit off of one basketball game, but the players, the reason that people are there to see the game, the players can't make a cent off of that. I understand that you know they're they're promoting themselves, and ultimately. The goal would be to have a, a career down the road. But I mean, look at freaking Carly Jones is, is the perfect example. He's a guy, he, he probably won't make it in the league, just being totally honest. He could even get drafted, but he's probably not going to make it in the league. He's going to make it as a professional basketball player somewhere. But my point being is that when he was at Louisville, he was probably worth more money here than he than he will be down the road in, in his career. So it's going to be nice to see players being able to represent themselves. And that's what it's ultimately about. The school's not paying the players. Uh, the NCAA is not paying the players. The players are just able to make money themselves. That's it. 
Yeah, it's it, you're arguably if you're a college athlete in most cases and you're good, that doesn't mean you're going to go pro and you're going to make millions of dollars doing it. And for this city, especially, and you look at the University of Louisville, we've had so many guys that were like the face of the city for a few weeks. And then, I mean, the fans still love them, but they weren't able to monetize that at all. You take a guy like Luke Smith with the FU moment against Vanderbilt. He's selling those shirts now and he's able to profit off it. And I know Luke's college baseball career is over now, so maybe that's a different story and it doesn't really add up. But like he, he came on Red Talk right after that. And I was thinking like, wow, this this dude is the most popular guy in Louisville right now. College World Series viral moment. This is this is so great. And he wasn't able to make any money off that at the time. And now everybody kind of forgets that happened. A guy like Quint Snyder is playing professional basketball and uh, playing professional basketball in Cyprus right now. When he crossed Bam Adebayo and L finally beat Kentucky at home, a Kentucky team that has three contributing very good NBA players, Darren Fox, Malik Monk, and Bam Adebayo. Bam starts at center for the USA team right now. Quinton crosses him, and it creates one of the best moments of this millennium for Louisville basketball. He can't even go anywhere and sign this picture and, and give it out to people. It, it didn't make a ton of sense. It, it was kind of the only business in the world that was run this way. So I do think it's correct. But to counter that, it's like, how how do you stop places from abusing this? Let's say this quarterback that played in 1975, he played at North Carolina. He was pretty good. He won like eight games a year. What's stopping him from saying, hey, you can sign on and be a be an ambassador for my brand that I started two weeks ago, and I'll, I'll give you a million bucks. What do you say? Do you want to come to North Carolina and do that? Like, what is necessarily illegal about that now? That That is what concerns me, and I think that's what's always concerned the old-fashioned basketball, football, college fans, where they're saying, I, I don't know, because I think it's be, going to become a, a, a rich war. Who has the most money? That's who's going to get these kids. And I think think that both sides can be right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the thing that's always brought up, but it's going to be the cream of the crop type of players. Like you're not, I mean, no offense to, to Louisville's, you know, third best volleyball player, but she's probably not going to be making very much money off of this. But what Louisville's third best volleyball player can do is put up a flyer on campus or create a Facebook page and say, Hey, I'm pretty good at volleyball. I have, you know, I'm. they're paying half of my Division One scholarship to play volleyball at Louisville. I play on national TV sometimes. Send your daughter to me, and we can have a 30-minute session for 50 bucks. And, like, that's the sort of stuff you can do. Yeah. Where You know, like like uh, Nick Albiero was the perfect example. Nick Albiero used to swim for, for University of Louisville, national champion, Olympian. He's going to be in the Olympics. But this man literally two months ago could not even – profit off his own likeness as a national championship champion player it, or swimmer, you know, wh- wh- whatever you want to call it. But uh, I agree. There are situations where it's, it's going to get a little sticky. You know, uh, some of these schools like Alabama, Texas, Ohio state, uh, the, the booster money uh, runs deep. The connections run deep USC, UCLA, those, ty- those type of schools, uh, they have extremely, extremely wealthy, um, boosters and, 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 uh, alum alumni who I'm sure would be more than happy to, to figure out a way, uh, to, you know, they no longer have to send the, the old Taco Bell bag. They can just legitimately pay them for, for their hours of work. Um, now I, I think there are States like, like California was really out ahead of this where they were, they put in legis- legislation and kind of, you know, uh, um, 
forced the NCAA to to take action essentially. Um, and but I, it's my understanding. I don't know exactly what the rules are, and I would like to learn more about this. But it's my understanding that there are ways for them to combat this. Um, if somebody was going to pay, say, you know, it's it's cost a hundred or what it was it two hundred fifty bucks to have an hour with Malik Williams. What does that mean? Do you want him to be in your commercial, or yeah. do you want him to, you know, come swim with you in your backyard? You know, like there's just like weird, just like you know, what what does that entail exactly? Is it going to cost? You know, it's it's. I, I think there are just there are rules in place that it's quote unquote reasonable. Um, and and I, I think that somebody who was a little bit more well versed in it, uh, Jay Billis, kind of used the example of like, if it's a if it's a Bobo the clown coming to your kid's birthday party, how much would you would you pay for that? Okay, well you're not you shouldn't be paying Bobo the clown two hundred dollars to come to your kid's birthday party and then pay David Johnson ten thousand dollars to come to your kid's birthday party. It's that sort of stuff where if it's not realistic, that that kind of stuff can't really slip through the cracks. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch play out, but those are going to be few and far between. What's really important is that players can actually just profit off of themselves now. And I think that's the cool part. Yeah. The, the camp, the camp example is, is just a great one because there are people that like religiously watch those smaller sports that like go to university Louisville soccer games every single week. And I'm sure that they, those players would love to have camps and be able to have big showings at those camps, much bigger than they would two years after they've left college and maybe they're working in an office now. And it it is the right thing to do. And I think that's what it comes down to. I, I do think that both sides of the argument can be right at times. And there's also ways to abuse both. But the NCAA has been abusing the work for free argument for our entire lives. So now we're going to try something new and it's absolutely going to get abused at times. And there will be times where it, it doesn't work and rules are broken and things aren't done the right way. But we'll address those when they come. I mean, every single year we see recruiting scandals like crazy in college sports from the biggest to the smallest programs. I mean, Arizona State wins like four football games a year and Herm Edwards is on the chopping block for doing illegal stuff. So hopefully we see less of that. But at the same time, I do hope situations like that where maybe this this guy was was paid to be an ambassador for this brand, but he's making way more than the reasonable cost for that. So I think that those situations will will come up and it'll be interesting to see how they are addressed. Uh, it, it would be a really fun, like just activity just to read what all goes into those rules and how easily they could be broken or the opposite, because I, I feel like I know a little bit about it. But it, it's one of those things we're going to have to learn as we go. But when these video games come back out, no more QB number five. And, and that's beautiful. Or hopefully no, no QB number five. That was so stupid. Having to download the rosters took like an extra 10 minutes. Um, other stuff going on with Louisville basketball. We have Chris Mack against all the guys that our, our grandpas and young fathers loved in their uh, in their youth. And uh, it, it, this is such an odd scenario. And honestly, I wouldn't know a ton about it if it wasn't for stateoflouisville.com, where Presley Meyer wrote a great article on this Chris Mack, Purvis Ellison saga. So I'll let you kind of take it away here. Yeah, so... At the at the forefront of this, this is seems like kind of a silly situation, and that's kind of what I wrote about. And it's kind of what when you talk to people behind the scenes, when you talk to people who who are kind of in the know, 
um, and who interact with these guys on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, um, that's the sort of stuff that they'll tell you is that there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say, you know, with lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Misinformation, but there's just a lot of just silliness spread about. There's a lot of pettiness spread about between the old Denny Crumb players, the Crumb regime, and the Chris Mack era. Um, so essentially, uh, what, what kind of sparked all this? I mean, it, it dates back to a lot further back than this, but essentially what sparked this most recent kind of awakening and and rebirth of this argument yet again for yet another off season was Purvis Ellison essentially coming out um, when, you know, when uh, apparently Rick Bozich is just buddies with all these guys. From what I can surmise, Rick Bozich loves giving Purvis Ellison or Budge Beard or um, any of these older U of L former U of L and UK players. He loves just giving them a call, checking in and very often they'll give him a quote. Um, and he, and he will take it and run with that. Um, so he's very much in their camp. Uh, and that's kind of why you see situations that we got, that we got into this week. So essentially Purvis Ellison, one, one of hands down the, the four best players in Louisville basketball history, uh, comes out and says, Hey, I have DJ Wagner, uh, who is the grandson of Milt Wagner, uh, son of, um, what, what, what is, what is DJ's dad's name? Um, doesn't matter. Pops Wagner comes out and says, essentially comes out and says, uh, you know, they're not recruiting my guy. Uh, Purvis Ellison heads up an extremely successful AAU team in New Jersey. Uh, He has three guys on his roster who are basically top 25 players in either the class of 22 or 23. DJ Wagner by uh, pretty much, a landslide is the best player in the 2022 and 2023 class. Like this dude isn't going to college. Like, let's just first come out and say that DJ Wagner, he's, he's going to go pro. Uh, it sounds like by probably next year, the NBA is going to kind of redact uh, the rule they've had for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years uh, where they've made players go to college. And it sounds like uh, Adam Silver is basically hinted at the fact that uh, it's, it's almost going to be a unanimous decision that the NCAA is going to allow kids to come straight out of high school. So this whole argument in the first place is kind of a moot point because most of those top 10 guys in that class of 2023 probably aren't going to be going to college anyways. With that being said, DJ Wagner um, would be a legacy recruit, uh, would be beloved if he came to Louisville. So Purvis Ellison, when he's reached out to you by Rick Bozich, basically says, well, they haven't reached out to me, and then basically goes on to say, 
Well, go figure. Louisville never reaches out to me. I've never been in a loop. Nobody respects me, essentially, is, is what he's saying. Uh, you know, um, j- just, you know, comes out and says all this stuff that essentially is very easy to prove to not be true. Uh, Chris Mack, within five minutes of his introductory press conference, said out of he could have picked, you know, dozens and dozens of, of Louisville greats. And he comes out and says, the reason that I became interested in Louisville basketball in the 80s when I was a kid was because of Purvis Ellison. Like he just straight up says that. And he says, Purvis Ellison, Dr. Duncanstein, you guys could come to any game you want. You can come to practice. You can come to my house. We can hang out. I'm excited to develop relationships with you guys. That's like the first thing he says. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't come out and say, like, I met the team, the current guys that we have, they're great. No, he says, I love Louisville because of Purvis Ellison. Like just straight up comes out and says that. So there is refutable evidence from five minutes of Chris Mack arriving on campus. That's just not true. He's extended that olive branch. There's also evidence of since Chris Mack has arrived, for instance, in 2019 against Michigan, Louisville honored Luke Hancock, Daryl Griffith, and Purvis Ellison. Hancock and Griffith show up to to the banner hanging where they raise the banner for their three Final Four most outstanding players. And Purvis Ellison said that he had better things to do, essentially. That if, if there was if there's a way for him to show up, I think that in any anybody who felt uh, even a semblance of of you know respect for their university would show up, right? Or they would change the date. Like obviously there's there's something going on there, right? Um there are numerous other examples of of former Louisville players just essentially uh, just turning down opportunities, even when the branch is extended. And on top of all of that, the reason that they say that they're doing this is because they felt like there was a disconnect between Louisville's players from the crumb regime and the Batino players. Okay, well, Rick Batino is not here anymore. Rick Batino probably did, did some people dirty when he was on campus. There's literally nobody that will dispute that. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair to say. Uh, uh, seriously, I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Rick Patino. Rick Patino legitimately came in, and <laughs> I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But no. So Rick Patino came in, and just like he has at any university that he's been at, he's kind of been all about Rick. He's kind of ostracized the former players. He doesn't care about them. He's got his own posse. He's his own. You know, he's the Rick Bettino show, which is fine because Louisville was extremely successful when he was here. But as a former player, that's got to really suck. That's got to really hurt your feelings. But Rick Bettino, uh, Tom Jurich, anybody that was that was at Louisville during the time that Rick Bettino was here, uh, they're not here anymore. And nobody complained during the time that Rick Bettino was gone, at least not publicly. Maybe they were bitching and moaning to Rick Bozich or maybe they were complaining to other people, but it certainly wasn't reported and it certainly didn't get out to the public. Right. So that's that's the situation where we are now. That's kind of the fan perspective. That's kind of the side of especially as a guy who didn't grow up watching the 80 and 86 teams. I didn't grow up watching watching Purvis Ellison. I didn't grow up watching Butch Beard. I didn't grow up watching, you know, uh, Dr. Duncan Stein. Like I I barely even remember like like Alvin Sims and Marcus Mabin and, and those guys like that's my generation. So from my perspective, like. Yeah, like it that does suck and we're sorry, but like the new coaching staff has reached out, they've tried to help. Now, 
There's the other side of the coin. Butch Beard, former Louisville great, calls in uh, to the Bob Valvano show on a whim. So I've actually, you know, talked to them behind the scenes a little bit. He legitimately just called called them up and said, hey, what's up? I got a bone to pick. And he is Butch Beard, uh, one of the, you know, probably one of the 20 best players of all time in Louisville history, NBA champion, um, you know, all-time Cardinal great, calls in. You're going to listen to what he has to say. Butch Beard then goes on a 35 to 40 minute rant that just leaves everybody kind of speechless. Um, and basically, again, kind of puts a lot of like half truths out there. Essentially says that that Louisville, um, you know, doesn't respect um, its former players, that that they, you know, there was a lot said. There was a lot said. Um, what I'll say to that is that what he had to say had some merit to it. And them being disgruntled and upset, there is merit to their argument. However, I, I don't know what um, I don't know what Louisville can do to to alleviate that. Um, essentially, what he came out and, and said was that uh, Wes Unsold, R.I.P. Uh, Wes Unsold, who is probably the best player in Louisville basketball history, probably the best player in the city of Louisville history. Wes Unsold passed away last year. Apparently, that has brought together a group of former players who have felt the need to continue to voice their displeasure until people start listening. Essentially, what happened was uh, Butch Beard voiced his opinion um, to Dr. Neely Bendapudi last year and said, you know, hey, look, we need to do something and honor Wes Unsold more than we have to this point. Um I don't disagree with that. However, Dr. Ben DePudi and Louisville side of things, Vince Tyree's side of things, is that they have reached out to his family multiple times. And his family said, look, we don't really care. We don't want a statue. Uh, we don't want you know anything to really honor his name. Uh, just kind of leave us alone, essentially. What do you do if you're Louisville in that situation? And that's where this situation gets sticky, right? So they don't say anything for 20 years. Everybody just kind of shuts up, goes away. There just is a rift between the Batino and the Crumb camp, is what it is, and nothing said. Now, all of a sudden, we're coming out and we're voicing our displeasures to a group of people. Nearly Benaputi's from India. Like, she was born in India, moved to Louisville, or moved to the United States, and eventually became the president of the University of Kansas. She's been in Louisville for three years. Like, He's voicing his displeasure about Neely Bendapudi and saying that lady doesn't know who who you know my guy is, and you know they're not going to be able to honor them the way that we, that we want them to. So my question for Butch Beard, or for the Unsold family, or for you know the Purvis Purvis Ellison camp is what what can be done. I understand that they're disgruntled, and I understand what what uh, Wes Unsold and what Butch Beard meant to the University of Louisville. They deserve to have a statue. They deserve to have a scholarship endowment in their name. They deserve to, you know, they deserve a lot more than what they've received. And the University of Louisville is trying to, you know, extend, again, extend that branch, kind of help out, kind of try to make things, you know, less awkward, more comfortable for them as it should be. And it just seems like there's just a there's just a disconnect, and 
my to to conclude this kind of long long-winded explanation what is the solution i don't know should there be more done absolutely uh but the way that it's been done is been kind of like like two kindergartners picking on each other like a, it's just been like a through the through media outlets a he said she said and it's been kind of childish and i get that if if i'm butch beard if i'm Wes Unsold's family, if I'm Purvis Ellison, like, yeah, I would feel a little slighted. I would feel not comfortable about the situation. Uh, but at the same time, Louisville or anybody else, they can't do anything to honor you unless you want to be honored. They can't do anything. and they, they can't cooperate with you if you don't want to cooperate yourself. And that's, I don't know if we're going to be in the same place in five years. I hope we aren't. Um, but that's kind of the, the situation Louisville's gotten himself into and poor freaking Chris Mack. This man walked into not only one, but two scandals still has this cloud hanging over his head. And then on top of all of that, then you have this situation from the former Louisville basketball camp for guys that he's reached out to that he was excited to meet with. And now they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with you. All of that, all of that, that's, a, that's a lot to, to take in. For a guy who just wanted to come come in and take over what he considers a dream job. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I, I feel like you kind of covered it all. I'll, I'll touch on a couple things. Uh, first thing, number one, stat boy. Uh, DJ Wagner's dad is Dewan Wagner. Played a little two Thank guard you. on I don't the know early Cavs teams with LeBron. Yeah, yeah, Thank University you. of Memphis, great. Yeah, had to look that up because I know I used to see him on the video games when I was a kid and. Uh, I wanted to get that out there for sure. Uh, number two, yeah, I mean, Purvis not going to the most outstanding player uh, banner, whatever, against Michigan. That's a little ridiculous to me. I mean, it's one thing to miss like a 1986 championship reunion. Still a huge thing if you're the best player on the team and the number one draft pick. But if you're going to miss something where like there, there's three guys there and like Luke Hancock goes to war to get this reinstated after all of this nonsense and you're just not going to go. I don't know how you can make these comments. That was only two years ago. And yeah, that that's really what I have to say about it is like our, our poor president Chris Mack. I mean, inheriting this stuff. I mean, for Chris, it's like, it's like he married this girl and he's just getting yelled at about all this stuff that her ex-husband did by all these other people. And it's like, Hey, I, I just moved in the house. You know, I just moved in the house. I didn't do anything that that guy did. I don't know what you want me to do. I'll I'll, tr I'll try to fix it and listen to you. And if anything, he shouldn't even have to do that. It, it, it just sucks more than anything to have to have these conversations because, you know, Chris Mack is trying to fix something terrible that happened at the University of Louisville. And what the what the ex players did for Louisville, it, it's it's special and it's something that isn't supposed to be forgotten by players that observe that generation and it's all just a huge bummer that they're at odds and I, I don't know why this can't be fixed with some halftime ceremony or, or a statue for Wes Unsell but like I mean you covered it all like I don't think that Louisville is is drastically at fault here so it, the whole thing is is just when can we just have one month where like nothing negative happens yeah and the, the last thing I'll say say to this is like you're right when when can I just be a fan? When can I stop worrying about scandal number one or scandal number two, what the NCAA is doing, when the next hammer is going to drop? When can I stop worrying about scandal number three under Chris Mack with 
the Dino Gaudio extortion stuff. Oh yeah, when, God. I mean, like, when when can I just be a fan? When can like that's why I think that's why we latch onto this Marcus Carr and Kofi Coburn and all this stuff. Because like <laughs> if not, then we're just gonna be sitting and wallowing in our misery. Like I, like uh, you know, we sound silly for obs- obsessing over the Marcus Carr type of situation or the uh, you know, the 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 curry kid. It, there's just when you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's just so much other stuff that I'm just tired of talking about. Um, but the, the last the last point I was going to make is, is you can't have this conversation. You'd be remiss if you didn't discuss that there is a race factor involved in this. And it's not, and it's, there, there is a, it's, it's difficult for guys like Butch Beard to talk about because he doesn't just want to implicitly come out and speak for other people when the conversation involves race and something that serious. Um, But if, if people out there don't know, um, not, not, excuse me, not Purvis Ellison. um, Goodness. The guy, the the, Wes Unsold. Thank you. Wes Unsold was the first player. Uh, that Adolf Rupp, first African American player that Adolf Rupp ever offered. Uh, Wes Unsold was basically, I'm not going to say he was a trailblazer. There were other African American players, but Louisville is what they are because of Wes Unsold. Uh, I've heard stories about Wes Unsold being so good when he was in high school. I believe he went to Seneca. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. At, at Seneca, the Louisville players, those guys would go on their off day to watch Wes Unsold. Like Wes Unseld is an NBA great. Like he's he's a guy. He's legitimately he's probably the best player in school history. Um, so the fact that he wasn't recognized the way that he should have been in the first place, when you're when you come from a background like Butch Beard and Wes Unseld as an African American growing up in a game that was predominantly white, being again trail. I don't know if trailblazer is the right word, but being somebody who's kind of still part of that awkward, not even awkward, just like very tough integration phase of basketball being in them being African-American players and being the two best players, the two guys that kind of put their foot forward to put the university on the map. Like Louisville isn't what they are without those two guys. Um, So I think that that's important to say as well. And I understand where Butch Beard is coming from because, you know, his, the, the current athletics director is a white guy and his dad was one of the four guys that you mentioned uh charlie tyree as one of the four greatest louisville players of all time so when they're the two best african-american players and then charlie tyree's you see what i'm saying like they're there it's a weird kind of dynamic when they're looking at what is representing their university it's still a bunch of white dudes and I think that that's even if Chris Mack, uh, which I think he was, I think that Chris Mack was the perfect fit for Louisville. I think there was no no other. There's there's no no doubt about it in my mind that he was the best choice for Louisville. Vince Tyree was a great hire. 
But again, it's hard when you work so hard to integrate the program and now the guys represent the program are predominantly African-American and you still look at the people who are the leaders and it's still a bunch of white dudes. Like I get where they're coming from and it's, you can't have this conversation without that, but it can't start with Purvis Ellison saying that DJ Wagner isn't being recruited because within 10 minutes, a dude like Jody Demling can go out and refute that, you know, like it's, that's not the, that's not the place that we should be going. We should be sitting down and having a serious conversation about these issues. It shouldn't be petty jabs back and forth. I get why they're upset. Uh, but what I what I said in my article and what I've said here, it it's still remains the same for me, is that it, it's petty and it's just wrong. Like it, it's just just not the truth. And if you truly wanted what's best for for the university and you truly want to be a part of what's going on here, then you wouldn't say those sorts of things. And so ultimately to me, that's what it boils down to is you gotta be better. Louisville had to be better over the last 20 years. But when you just now decided to start saying things, you, you got to, if you're going to come, you better come correct type of thing. Like if you're going to come, you better come with facts. You better not be saying that when, when literally in the same article, Louisville assistant Mike Begeese was on campus or not on campus, but at an AAU event watching Purvis's team. And he's saying that they're not talking to his players. Like they legitimately were like, as he was giving the interview. So it's just, it's the, the just silliness and pettiness of it all is just dumb. It's just dumb to me. It'll never make sense. And I hope that they're able to come to a reasonable resolution. And I hope that it's more than a statue. I'm so freaking tired of hearing about billboards and statues. Players aren't going to be on billboards for the NIL thing. And there's the statue doesn't matter. It's so much bigger than a statue. And I, I think that people need to, to kind of realize that there's so much more that goes behind that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why everybody just doesn't sit down and have a conversation and either come to an agreement or not come to one. I mean, there, there's just so much misinformation out there. And uh, it, it's just all a huge bummer that it's going on. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it other than that. I, mean, I just wish that everybody would just get along and we could move forward and fix all this because it's possible to fix. All these things have gone wrong and they're all serious, but they are all mendable by all means ah yeah it's uh i just want a fan man i just want to be a fan yeah that's it shouldn't be this hard so let's see if we can make these next five years a little easier going than the past five years uh let, let some some happy stuff some other cardinal news and notes our national champion hero point guard peyton siva has joined the new zealand breakers the barstool owned new zealand professional basketball team after five years with alba berlin where he won several different championships where he's forever loved him and his beautiful family are taking on a new adventure in new zealand best of luck to peyton siva and my last thing for the show today is something that is is very cool on, on sunday night jordan wara scored the first Louisville Cardinal NBA Finals bucket since Samaki Walker in 2004. After the finals is over, he'll head to Tokyo to join the Nigerian Olympic national team, who on Saturday, as a 30-point underdog, defeated our United States team. And this Nigerian team is for real. They have eight NBA players, not counting Jordan. And when you look at the rosters between the USA and the Nigerian team, you're thinking, Okay, if this was an NBA best of seven series, 
the USA is favored by around 30 and they're winning all four games. No problem. International basketball is just so much more interesting than that because of the different rules in the shorter games. And for whatever reason, things just go differently. The United States lost to Australia two nights later as well. Jordan Wara is going to join this team. And I was reading about the Nigeria team after the USA team. And it was an awesome article. I forget who wrote it. I wish I could give him credit because it didn't discuss the USA being bad and and losing. It it discussed Nigeria and all the players they have and why they are a much more legitimate threat to actually win and be there than countries like Argentina, like who have been there for a bunch of years in the past because Argentina is so old now. I think their best player is the Denver Nuggets backup point guard Campazzo. So, This Nigeria team is going to get its best scorer in Jordan Wara to join this team. And I have sprinkled the Nigeria 100 to 1 to win the Olympic basketball men's tournament. And and I like I believe it's possible this USA team has a bunch of flaws. They don't have a true point guard. They don't have guys that are willing to do the little things. Their only version of that really is Draymond Green, who's five years past his prime now. It, it's very, very cool. And for if you've been watching the Bucks throughout the playoffs, Jordan missed a lot of the past series against the Hawks and the back end of the Nets series because he was hurt. And I don't know that that really mattered in terms of his playing time. He's still not really playing against the Suns. He got in in garbage time. But the Bucks are a team that are going six or seven deep right now. And it, for Louisville fans, you just can't believe that they can't get 10, 12 minutes out of Jordan Wara, who's got the body of an NBA player and can shoot from the parking lot. It's so odd, but he's going to get to showcase that in the Olympics. He's going to start. He's going to get to play alongside players like Precious from the Miami Heat, players like Gabe Vincent from the Miami Heat, Josh Akogi from the Timberwolves. These guys, they're not household names, but they're a threat in this tournament. And while you're watching these games, I would encourage you to kind of become a, a, a slight Nigeria fan because Jordan Wara is Louisville's lone representative in the men's basketball Olympics this year. And he is going to start and be a massive factor on a team who odds wise they're not but in my eyes they they have the fourth best chance to win this thing i think you look at the united states spain is 8 to 1 spain still has a loaded international roster they're always right there and then you have australia who just beat Nigeria pretty bad last night. Uh, Patty Mills, Joe Engels, Matthew Delvadova, Matisse Thibel from the Sixers. I think Nigeria is right there, right after that. And the United States is minus 800 to win this tournament, even though they went one and two in exhibition games. They do get Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday back after the finals. So I would assume they're going to be better. But this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Jordan be on the floor against these guys and kind of see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting to watch because, like you said, I feel like there's even a kind of buzz around Milwaukee as well with their fans that Warren needs to be playing a little bit more. And the funny thing is, you know, you don't really think about this as more of a college basketball watcher that I am. Uh, I, I saw the U.S. game was on the other night. I saw it was a close game. And so I tuned in because I was like, oh, look, at the very least, we'll get to see Jordan Warren play for Nigeria. And I was like, oh. That's right. He's playing for the Bucks, so it was it just kind of like just kind of a weird dynamic. So it'll be interesting to see. I know a lot of those U.S. players are winded, and that's kind of been. I'm not going to say it's the excuse, but when most of the U.S. players are star players, most of the Nigerian players and the Argentinian players, they spend a lot of time on the bench. Um, so th- that is one thing to kind of take into consideration when you're just exhausted. 
mentally and physically after two back-to-back seasons due to COVID that were kind of sandwiched together. Um, some of these players like like uh, KD and like uh, um, Draymond Green, some of these guys are just high usage dudes who have just been going at it essentially for like, I don't know, I want to say 12, 13 out of the last 18 months uh, playing essentially, you know, every other day for a year and a half. Like that's going to just take its hole on your body. And that's why you've seen so many of these guys hurt. That's why Donovan Mitchell's not, not going to be there. Um, you, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of these players that, that they're just beat up. So it'll be interesting to see how the U S team fares, but yeah, I'm excited to watch Jordan Ward because I think to your point, he could be extremely well-rested and it seems like, you know, just from seeing him in the very few minutes that he played uh, for the Bucks, it seemed like he's not limping or, you know, he doesn't have any kind of serious injury, at least to me, to, to the naked eye. So it'll be interesting to see what he can provide uh, for that team. And, and again, shout out to, to Peyton Siva uh, for the for the New Zealand national team. New Zealand breakers uh, in the league. Oh, it's not the national team. Okay. So I, I had not heard this news before. Yeah. Before we got on the, on the podcast. So that's exciting, man. Yeah, it, it's all very cool. And, you know, it, in baseball, uh, the United States is a home of baseball. And really, since we've been kids, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, they've caught up to the United States in international competition. When they do the World Baseball Classic, they all have about the same odds to win. And usually the United States is actually around third or fourth when you look at who's going to win those tournaments. And I think we're kind of seeing that with basketball. The United States, if they still play their best game, they're going to blow everybody out. They have a way better team. But these other guys are capable. They're capable of getting hot from three. And it's like the NCAA tournament. You never know what's going to happen. And it's going to be really exciting to watch. And I I can't wait to see if someone else wins. It's such a weird way to watch the Olympics because every other competition, you're like, United States, let's go. America, so much pride, stars and stripes. But in the basketball, I mean, especially now that I have Nigeria at 101, I'm, you know, what I'm ready to defect, whatever whatever they call that. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm fully willing to not wear red, white, and blue, even when the Cubs are playing for a while. If I can cheer on this green and white, I'm bought in on the team as, as well as I also have taken Spain. I just think there's something off with this USA team and they're not going to win. But a little it, uh, dual citizenship action there, maybe. Yeah, maybe some dual citizenship. That's probably the better way to word it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're, you've got the Irish roots too. So, you, you know, you know, you're going to look good in the green. Yeah. So, yeah, and I go to O'Shea's a lot where I wear a lot of green there. So that's, that's going to be great. I, I, I'm really excited about it. But uh, all those games so far, the exhibitions have been aired on NBC Sports Network. That's going to continue. I'm still unsure about the time zone stuff because this is going to be in Tokyo. So Lord knows what times these games are actually going to be on when they get to pool play. But it, it's coming up very soon. If, if this NBA Finals series goes long, then Jordan may not be there for game one. Same thing with Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew holiday but there are there are good things going on for ex louisville basketball players is the point of the end of the show they're out there you just got to look a little harder for them yeah i mean it'll be exciting to watch and it gives us something again we're always kind of searching for that thing to do in the offseason i mean instead instead of obsessing over uh, over college basketball and football there are other things that we can be checking out and i'll definitely be tuning in for sure 
Yep, college football less than eight weeks away. There are good times ahead. Prez, thank you. I will talk to you soon. We'll be back after we get Marcus Carr. We'll be so excited. Jacob Lane will be here. We'll all be drinking wine, having fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, until then, go Jordan Wara. Go Cards. Let's let's fix all our problems. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.